Hi, my name is Jill and welcome to The Void, the show where I have an existential crisis in public. Record this video, so I was just curious about how sex ed looks right now. I downloaded a, a little curriculum and I was pretty impressed. It's well-rounded, it even talks about um, abusive relationships. My point is we've made some real progress. It did remind me of the fact that millennials have a completely different sex ed experience. I remember all I learned was that I would bleed once a month, that sex was something I gave away, not something that I was meant to enjoy, and that it was only my responsibility to not get pregnant. But I did notice the one thing that both old and new curricula have in common is that they don't cover the influence of hormones. No one told us that things like our physical strength, our communication abilities, our navigation skills, all of those things are directly related to where we are in our cycle. It's just interesting that something that has such an effect on our lives and not just women's lives, trans men's lives, trans women's lives, cis men's lives, on all our lives. It affects us in one way or another and I just think it's kind of weird that we don't talk about it. Hormones literally rule our lives. It could even derail it. I'm one of those people for which it derails it, but I'll tell you about that later. And of course, and of course, I have such a cute manicure. Trans men and women also suffer from hormonal problems, but what I notice is with cis women, there's this unwillingness to acknowledge that hormones influence us because we don't want to set women back. But I think this is where we went wrong. This is where we conflated equality with similarity. We don't have to be like men to get the same rights as them. We are not the same and that's okay. But because we grow up thinking it's not, we're all kind of clueless about the hormonal cycle. We have a vague understanding of how hormones influence us all, but I don't think we understand to which extent this is the case. And I'm really hesitant, like I really didn't know if I wanted to make this video or not, but I think as a woman who is affected by what I'm about to talk about, there are people out there who have the same thing and who don't even know they have it. But stay tuned, I'll tell you what it is. So we're talking about hormones and how they affect trans men and women and cis women and cis men. And we're going to talk about how we can help our loved ones. You know, there's going to be a lot of period talk in this thing, but I think it would be good for you to listen. No matter how you identify, you will benefit from this in, in some way. And if it's not you, it's someone in your environment. Also, um, it's important because, well, suicide will come up quite a lot. So, stay here, hang out, it's going to be useful. Men's hormonal cycle is so simple that it's hardly worth talking about, but I do it anyway for the, for the sake of contrast. So they have a 24-hour cycle. Their testosterone is the highest in the morning, that's why they get morning wood. Then it stays high, then it dips a little bit in the afternoon, making him a bit tired. It rises again, and then when he's ready to go to bed, it dips again so that he can fall asleep. That's it. The man's cycle is perfectly synchronized to a workday. Or I should say, our workdays are perfectly synchronized to a man's hormonal cycles. Okay, so let's talk about periods like we've never heard of them before. Every month, our uterus makes like a little cushy uh, house of itself to welcome a gremlin. And when we don't get pregnant, she's like, no one appreciates me around here, as he's chancellor lining, and that is a period. This is the part we learned to focus on. Back in the day, I didn't know there was a whole thing around it that influenced me. Our cycle is unfortunately not 24 hours. It is 
23 to 35 days long. And it can be split into four phases, the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, the ovulation phase, and the luteal phase. And these phases are like the Spice Girls. They all have their own personality. So everything I'm about to tell you is scientifically backed. Also, I'm going to tell you about symptoms we don't already know. Also, I'm trying to use inclusive language, but I noticed that I slip into uh, saying women a lot because, of course, I'm sentenced to my unconsciousness. And also, this is something I have experience with, so I tend to insert myself, a woman, into what I'm talking about. So just know that intentions aren't good. It's just me slipping because I'm projecting myself onto it. Our cycle starts on day one, so the first day of our period. One symptom people don't know about is that we have trouble regulating our body temperature. I don't know about you, but in this phase, I have night sweats or I just cannot get warm. So I'll wear five sweaters that I'll still be like kind of chilly. Yeah, that's that's just what our body does then. In this week, our progesterone levels are rising, so it represses our appetite. At the end of it, not at the beginning. We build muscle quicker and you're stronger. If you're struggling with IBS, eczema, or asthma, this week might trigger all of those things. The second phase is the follicular phase. The follicular week is, without exaggeration, the most normal week that most women get. Some women, with some people, also have symptoms when they ovulate. I get migraines, my back feels broken, and I get middle smarts which is ovulation pain. So the, the site on which I'm ovulating, it hurts like fucking hell. Even under those circumstances, this week is still the best week. We have more sex drive and energy. We're ballsy. We want to try new things and we feel sexy and our skin looks good and our facial features are more symmetrical. We also become more competitive and much more impulsive. You're more likely to spend your money very frivolously. You're more likely to do things in excess. So if you drink, you're going to drink a lot more than you normally would. You never hear people talk about that, but that's actually a thing. Our thinking becomes quicker. We're able to retain the things we learn better. We even have faster reaction times and our verbal skills are at that beat. This week, our pain tolerance is the highest it will be in the entire month. But even in this week, we're not spared because the rising oxygen also makes us more likely to become anxious. So if you suffer from anxiety, or even if you don't suffer from anxiety, you could all of a sudden become anxious. We're only halfway through the cycle and just hear how much we've already gone through. Where a man's hormonal cycle is like this. Our cycle is, and it's on fire, you know, and tigers are biting at it. If you're someone who menstruates, those changes you feel in your body are real. You're not making it up. But we live in a society that kind of teaches women to suppress parts of womanhood that don't serve as men in any way. It's all completely normal. We're just ill-informed. But let's move on. We're almost there. We're in the ovulatory phase. And um, we feel like crap again. That's why I said... We only have one week because this is the week where we have all the normal symptoms, but just a lighter version of it. We still become quiet. We get spring fog. And in this week, bouts of crying because you thought you had cookies in the house, but you don't are also very normal. This week, the cravings are really intense. If you find yourself eating for two this week, just know that you are. Because your body doesn't know you're not pregnant yet. The reason why we're constipated during this time and bloated during this time is because your digestion slows down to be able to get more nutrients out of your food for a baby that isn't there. Your sex drive is non-existent, but 
because of these hormones, you feel closer to your partner. So you'll probably crave more hand holding and hugging. And then we're at the final stage, which is the link to your face. Here, PMS is back in full force. We hate the world. Partner reads too loud. We're also more pessimistic, more critical, and more cynical. And we also might become very averse to trying new stuff. And then we get our period. And then it starts all over again. We're exhausted because you're constantly being jerked around by your own hormones. Things look the same for trans men pre-hormones. But luckily, and thank the Lord, as soon as they start taking hormones, their PMS symptoms also disappear. Trans women are just as fucked by these hormones as cis women are though. Estrogen shots mess with your mental health. And in some it's, it's worse than in others, but it can lead to emotionality, cravings, mood swings. If that all sounds familiar, it's because it basically triggers PMS in trans women. We're talking end of cycle, crying about a Sims 4 expansion pack, commercial, and eating everything in sight kind of PMS. I kind of like the idea that all women are united in the fact that we're fucked by the same hormones that help us. Since women are just as likely to suffer mental consequences of these hormones as trans women are, especially women with underlying mental health conditions, so uh, women who already struggle with seasonal depression or major depression or anxiety or schizoaffective disorder or schizophrenia. By the way, that's my one pet peeve. I hate that when people talk about mental health, they never include hallucinatory illnesses not everyone has anxiety and depression some people hallucinate why aren't we talking about that probably because it's too complex and it's not cute anymore you can kind of romanticize anxiety and depression but you can't really romanticize psychosis that's my theory i think that's why we don't talk about it because it's less marketable or whatever what was i saying yeah these women and women who are neurodivergent need to pay extra attention in the last two weeks of their cycle because symptoms may worsen or if you take medication they are less effective in the second half of your cycle but wait there's more like that wasn't already bad enough some women experience ridiculous levels of depression and anxiety but only in those two weeks a month and this is called PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Estimates are kind of wonky, but it is estimated that 1 in 20, even though there are a lot of people who have it and don't even know, uh, so it's more like 1 in 12, but these people's childbearing age suffer from PMDD. The reason it has an entirely different name than BMS is because sure, we have all the normal uh, symptoms, like the cravings and the exhaustion, but all steroids cranked to a thousand uh, and it has its own set of symptoms on top of PMS. Here are just a few. Irritability, mood swings, forgetfulness, rage, extreme tearfulness, nervousness, agitation, confusion, difficulty concentrating, poor self-image, paranoia, clinical depression, including everything that comes with it. So, uh, slow talking and moving, isolating yourselves, and leather paralysis, which is when your limbs feel like they're 500 pounds. Extreme exhaustion, as in can't make it to the day without falling asleep a couple of times. Exhaustion, binge eating, anxiety, panic attacks, migraines, insomnia, and suicidal thoughts. This list doesn't even scratch the surface. Hormones can turn our own bodies into torture devices. For the longest time, PMDD was not recognized because it was just normal female hysteria, right? And it pains me to think how many women might have taken their own lives because of this medical oversight. Also, very important, PMDD 
exacerbates gender dysphoria in trans men. I'm not that weird about the bush. Living with PMDD is torture. It makes people, and I am people, legit want to die one week a month. And if you're really lucky, sometimes two weeks a month. In the PMDD community, we call these weeks hell weeks, which does a pretty good job capturing the vibe. Women with PMDD often talk about doing really extreme things, like physically harming themselves, getting into fights, ruining relationships, rage quitting their jobs, and spanking their kids in this week, only to get their period and then look back and see the havoc they wreaked on their lives. And it has too much of an influence for people to not know about it. What causes PMDD? Science is not sure. There are some suspected uh, risk factors like smoking and underlying mood issues. In a lot of people, PMDD is triggered after pregnancy, regardless of if that pregnancy is carried to term or not. Treating PMDD is really difficult. Is it curable? No. The only way we can naturally get rid of it is by hitting menopause. The only thing that gets rid of our symptoms besides hitting menopause is a hysterectomy. Even though PMDD has a lot of psychological effects, it's a hormonal disorder, not a psychiatric disorder. So it has a different severity every month. And because of that, treatment also has a different efficacy every month. Sometimes meant to work and sometimes they don't. Which, and, and there's no explanation for it, but if you have a woman in your life getting treatment for PMDD and it will still show symptoms some months, know that it's not her fault. Luckily, there are, are things we can do to control our symptoms. So you have the option to take the pill, but a lot of people are not excited to be on the pill. However, the pill and the copper IUD are the only forms of birth control that don't worsen our symptoms. But like I mentioned, sometimes a treatment works, and sometimes it doesn't, and science still doesn't know why suppressing ovulation doesn't solve the problem. Another option is taking Prozac for two weeks a month. I'm sure we all have this vague understanding or this vague knowledge about the fact that antidepressants don't work immediately, but that's another thing that separates BMDD from mental disorders. With depression, it takes about two or three weeks for our Prozac to work, but BMDD works immediately, or at least in a couple of hours. I could give you more facts, but I don't think it does a good job conveying what an absolute hell it is to live with this. So I'll just kind of tell you my experience. I started getting symptoms three years ago, but I remember downloading a cycle tracker and seeing a pattern that every time at the end of my cycle, I would feel like the light had left the world. Just darkness, complete hopelessness. I was just pained by my own existence. I also felt really deep feelings of shame, just inexplicable shame. And I would also isolate myself. I'd disappear for weeks. I'd just sit in my house in the dark and stare into the nothingness. Like those two weeks couldn't get worse, I would also suffer from severe insomnia and migraines. And I would get into fight with strangers because I was irritable and angry and just reckless with my own safety. And because PMDD has a, a paranoid aspect to it, I thought that everyone had bad intentions. This would stop like this as soon as my period started. And it was like nothing happened. It's bizarre. This is also a thing with PMDD. You go from zero to clinical depression. It's intense. My best quality is that I have an extremely high tolerance for suffering. My worst quality is that I have an extremely high tolerance for suffering. I endured this 
for eight months. It got progressively worse. In the beginning, I was really sad and I would binge eat and I'd have anxiety and I would isolate myself. At the end of the eight months, I still did all of that. And I became wildly suicidal. This still wasn't enough for me to go look for help. I just got used to the fact that I wanted to die two weeks a month. And for the longest time, I didn't even want to call a doctor because I'm a woman. I'm conditioned to believe that my hormonal issues aren't real. I thought I was making shit up, that I was just being overly dramatic. So I lived like this for a while until I just was so tired that I would do everything to make it stop. So I was feverishly looking around the house, looking for ways to off myself. And it wasn't until then that I understood that something was wrong, which is way too late. That's when I really understood that I couldn't do it alone. Because of course I live alone, so my suicide risk is higher. Normal me has, has fun, you know, it, it, is having a good life, lost to swing around the pool. BMBD me hates life and wants to not be part of it. I was an active danger to myself, so I remember calling my doctor in tears. Like I was just like, I need help now it was a crisis it was a, it was a real real crisis because i felt like my psyche was about to break in a uh, thousand little pieces i just couldn't do it anymore so because it was basically a crisis situation i was prescribed prozac immediately and here's the weird thing i took it and within two hours i felt completely normal like i had no suicidal tendencies i felt like my normal self just like living life just do my thing it was just gone. I was so relieved, but at the same time, so frustrated with myself that I didn't ask for help earlier. I wish I could say this is the end of the PMDD road for me and that I'm now frolicking in sunshine and that nothing is wrong, but that's just not true. The severity of my symptoms is different every month, which means my dosing has to be different every single month. Also, I don't always ovulate at the same time, so I don't know if I'll have one hell week or two. Me upping my dose on time is of the essence. And if you're listening to me and you're like, okay, well then up your dose, what's the problem? But the thing about PMDD is everything you feel feels real. You can't convince yourself that it's just hormones and that it will stop in a couple of days. You don't realize you're sick or you don't know to what extent you're sick. A lot of people with hallucinatory illnesses have the same thing. And remember, it's all because of hormones. It's kind of like doing salvia. Your brain forgets that you took a hallucinogenic. So you feel like the way you feel then is just how you feel. You've always felt this way. And the hormones that flood my brain make me believe the exact same thing. It makes me believe that I've always been enveloped in uh, darkness. That I have always felt this bad and that I will always feel that bad. Because I'm not in my right mind, it doesn't occur to me that I can just take a higher dose because I don't feel like what I have is caused by hormones. At that point, I really believe that this is what was and what always will be. It just alters your rational thinking and your logic so much. It, of course, it comes with a giant suicide risk. You're really not in your right mind. And like I said, sometimes meds work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I need to up my dose. Sometimes I hardly have to use anything at all. For me personally, as long as I keep my stress levels down and eat a leafy green every once in a blue moon, my meds generally work. Thank God. But when my meds don't work, I become this angry, irritable, paranoid mess of a person. 
Mind you, I also have ADHD, so I'm not good with emotional regulation to begin with. Add PMDD to the mix and, well, if relationships were houses in this state, I'm working really hard to burn every single one to the ground. Here's a good example. It was one of those unfortunate months where my meds just didn't work. So I saw this girl that I knew from way back and I saw that she pretended not to see me. Normal Joe wouldn't have cared, but PMDD Jill freaked the fuck out. Normally I'm a woman who feels like she has control over herself. This was not one of these times. I yelled, and remember this is in public, I yelled something about her being a dumb bitch. I was ready to break her legs. And at some point she ran into a store, which, you know, I think that says everything you need to know about my insane level of aggression that day. But I didn't just leave it. No, I came home where I sent her like a vaguely threatening message on Instagram. Now, keep in mind, I'm not normally an angry person. I'm really patient. I'm a logical thinker. I'm rational. I'm really forgiving. And it takes a lot for other people to influence my state. But PMDD is basically like being possessed. Throughout that same day, my PMDD worsened and I fell deeper and deeper into the piss. In a PMDD episode, my character and behavior changed so much that my friend doesn't even have to be in the same room as me to know that something's wrong. I was just texting her that day and she knew. It just changes my behavior in a way that stands out, which I'm kind of happy about, by the way, that the contrast between my normal behavior and PMDD behavior is big enough for people to understand that that's that I'm suffering. My friend knew and she just checked up on me the entire day, which, you know, God bless her. But by that evening, my mental health had deteriorated so much, I didn't trust myself not to hurt myself. I thought I would die that night. And I felt like my friend had done enough. It was so bad, like the urge to off myself was so intense that I ended up calling the suicide hotline, which now thank the Lord for these people as well. And this is truly one of the few disadvantages of living together when you're suffering from an illness like PMDD. No one can pull you out of that pit. No one sees enough of your behavior on a daily basis to be like, Honey, you're unwell. Luckily, my friend knows me so well that she knows when I'm not being myself. And she'll remind me of my meds in the most respectful, non-condescending, best way. Because she's a wonderful human being. <laughs> I'm sharing all of this just to say, hormones are more than just inconvenient. And I hope that the more people know about this, the more compassion people can show towards those who suffer from it. We're not making it up. It's not just PMS. We're ill. We're sick. And trust me, you'll know the difference between someone just being a bitch and making excuses and someone who's suffering from PMDD. PMDD is infamous for the extreme behavioral changes it causes. Her behavior is going to be so out of character that it's alarming. So if you deal with one type of woman at the beginning of the month and another at the end of the month, she might have PMDD. If anything I said even sounds mildly familiar, you need professional help yesterday. This isn't just PMS you're dealing with. Also, the PMDD subreddit is amazing. It is such a wonderful, amazingly supportive community. So I would definitely join because it makes such a difference in how alone you feel with this. 
it's just nice to know that there are other women who go through what you go through. I especially love the embarrassing PMDD stories because and it's just nice to know that you are not the only one to flip their shit over absolutely nothing in public and then get your period and be like, what the hell was that? But the stories are great. The PMDD memes are good. I hate that I could never share them with anyone. <laughs> so if you have PMDD, definitely said me PMDD means I mean I love those and you have to tell people about it you have to get over that shame if they don't know they're going to assume you're a bitch which you might be sometimes but PMDD bitchiness is a whole different ballgame so tell them and don't downplay it I when I tried to tell someone about it I said wow my hormones are really doing the most this month <laughs> it's like completely downplaying the fact that I sometimes wanted to die. So don't be fake. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them your experiences. Maybe send them this. And if you love someone with PMDD, I know it's hard. Every month is different for you too. And it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that someone is getting treatment and that they still show symptoms sometimes. Just know that this person is not out to get you. They're not trying to make your life miserable. They're sick. They're not doing it on purpose. We would like our meds to always work too. And I know it can be frustrating, but there are things you can do. For instance, one thing you need to do is know that cycle. Because normally men have a tendency to be like, this is a woman problem. I don't know anything about this. No, no, no. Buy a big ass calendar and mark her cycle on it. I swear, every storm is easier to weather when you know it's coming. Prepare for Hell Week. Make sure that it is visible so that everyone knows that it's coming. And she will also have a visual reminder. When she flips out or whatever, she could be like, oh yeah, I have PMDD. Help her more, out more in the last week of her cycle because it messes with your executive functioning. So she's not going to be very productive. If you can pick up the slack of household chores or whatever, that would help a lot. When you notice that an argument is happening and she's in hell week, disengage. Go to a friend's house, go do something else. Don't feed into it because there's no rationality there. And I hate to say it, but it's just true. Like you're not, she's not susceptible to rationality. So you have to disengage. You don't have to tolerate her age. Go do something else. If you can leave her alone, by the way, she's not actively suicidal. Just remember that this will pass. And as soon as she gets her period, you'll have your person back. And it will pay off because people in a relationship, when one person has PMDD and the other is educated on it and supports them in it, they show higher relationship satisfaction. And it can even help lessen her symptoms. If someone's there, it could be like, honey, your period is always due, right? It's not as it thinks like that little thing, because my friend, right after ovulation, she knows I always start talking about, I should lose like 20 pounds. <laughs> like I said, it has a delusional aspect to it. And she's like, you just ovulated, you're about to get your period. And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> that just already helps. If you're someone who doesn't have a uterus and you're still here, I'm so proud of you. You're important. It's so hard to live with. And we need more people like you who know about it. Uh, like I said, I suffer from this myself and it just annoys me that I never hear people really talking about it. You know, like the, the nitty gritty, the, the shameful things, like the delusional thinking. I've never heard anyone talk about that. Or shame, like deep, deep, deep shame for nothing. We have to talk about this stuff, man. 
because it's not we are not supposed to suffer like this and we're not supposed to deal with this alone so i hope this helps in any way if it helps you understand the menstrual cycle better great if this helps you appreciate people with cycles more because we go through a lot that would be awesome if you feel like you now are kind of equipped to help someone in your environment better great but i'm going to put all the links below all the scientific studies also i will link stories of other women that bbd down below and i'm also going to put some resources down here for people who love people with bmdd because it's not easy but you know if there's one bit of light at the end of the tunnel it's only two weeks Jesus Christ, it was a lot. I am going to teach my girls some pole, and um, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.